This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Let's remind the Jedi what happens when the weak seek to match metal with the Dark Lords of the Sith. Sir, from the surviving officer's reports, Lord Revan has gone down with the ship. He's still alive. Before today's episode, we wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you to our newest Patreon patron, uh, Michaela, who joined at the Jedi Guardian level. Uh, we definitely appreciate your support, and uh, thank you so much uh, for joining up. You can expect to see lots of really fun stuff, some bonus episodes, uh, early access to episodes, uh, behind the scenes and what we have going on with the audio drama and other uh, kind of stuff that we've commissioned along the way. And uh, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to us. Yeah, thank you, Michaela. And I mean, you mentioned that we sometimes like release episodes like exclusively to Patreon, and sometimes we end up releasing those uh, as regular episodes. So this uh, episode on the Dial of Destiny is something we originally recorded for Patreon, but I was like, you know what, I think we can uh, share this one uh, with with everyone. That's right. Yeah, Indiana Jones is a uh, is a pretty pretty important character to us, and obviously, you know, has kind of those uh, Lucasfilm ties that we uh, tap into here at the Old Republic podcast. You know, talking about Star Wars, so we wanted to get this one kind of out there uh, for everyone to hear our thoughts about the this newest and potentially last installment of Indiana Jones. Uh, we thought it was really great, but yeah, Patreon's had first crack at this. It came out uh, right when it came out, so uh, go check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast uh, for more information about what we got going on there. Uh, thank you so much again to Michaela and everyone. Enjoy Indy 5. Indy! Well, hello, Patreon patrons. We hope everyone is having a fantastic uh, midway through their summer. Uh, hopefully you've been busy. Hopefully you've been uh, catching up on the podcast. Hopefully you all enjoyed the uh, world premiere of the Bastila audio drama part one. That was pretty exciting stuff to get out there. Um, and some other stuff that's been exciting has been going on, and that is uh, Indiana Jones. Cassio, we've been uh, we've been talking about it a lot. We did an episode, uh, which is probably coming out the same day that this is coming out. Uh, you know, over on the main feed where we're talking about the first four. Uh, but you and I wanted to get together to talk about uh, the newest installment, the last installment, uh, probably maybe. Uh, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, how are you doing today, Cassia? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. I just got back from a nice vacay. And I, you know, like on vacation, I always come back with like 15 books. So mm. that's what happened. It's the kind of shopping I like. And I have a nice Coke Vanilla Zero with coconut creamer, which I know like you're <laughs> adverse to coconut, but mm. it, yep. it's it's on my end, you know, it can't hurt you. So that's right absolutely um i don't know if you've ever made your way to uh like atlanta georgia uh but that is where the home of coca-cola is and you can make like any kind of coca-cola you want so you could literally like make your own coconut coca-cola um and get it put into a little bottle and probably get your name put on it and stuff like that that would be uh pretty fun uh so hopefully you had a, an excellent uh vacation uh that's nice i just hung out with some family kind of for the fourth of july and obviously uh made it out to see dial of destiny so hopefully uh, everyone out there um, and Patreon land had a uh, good, uh, like I said, kind of Fourth of July holiday uh, here in the United States, at least. And then, you know, elsewhere around the world, hopefully you're uh, enjoying your summer and hopefully getting up to some adventures. Uh, hopefully uh, your adventures don't involve you uh, going back to the Siege of Syracuse, because that looked pretty <laughs> scary, pretty scary. But uh, before we get into that, we should probably say spoiler warning for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, just came out on the 30th of June, so you might not have had a chance to see it. I know uh, it was tricky for me with the schedule, with the holiday and stuff, to get out and see it. Uh, but we made it out uh, just this past Monday, um, and pretty excited to talk about it. Yeah, and spoiler alert for probably one through four as well. Just all things Indiana Jones. I've only seen one of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but maybe I'll accidentally spoil that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's right this is going to be a deep dive on that one episode of the young indiana jones uh chronicles which is a show that i never even knew existed to be uh, quite honest but i'm glad that they're out there now i'm gonna have to go back and uh watch some of those on uh disney plus so that's good so uh yeah indiana jones uh this is the fifth installment we had uh you know kind of the kind of the first three uh the the three that everyone i guess i don't know for better or worse thinks of when you think of indiana jones you had raiders of the lost ark uh the temple of doom and the last crusade in 1981 1984 and 1989 um and then kingdom of the crystal skull came out in 2008 uh which is something that i saw once and then never again until last week when we were talking about it on the podcast but revisiting it was fun was fun um mm-hmm. and it was interesting to see how they're going to um i think more or less wrap up indiana jones story uh here in this fifth installment so uh Cassie, let's uh, let's talk about that, I guess, before we talk about the movie too much. So, uh, Crystal Skull was something that you had just rewatched uh, as well, kind of kind of in your just personal movie watching, but then also to get into you know f- you know preparing for the the podcast episode that we uh, recorded. But uh, what were your I don't know thoughts about the way that ended and where we might see Indiana Jones uh, here coming into the fifth installment? I think they never really hated it like the way some people did and maybe still do you know um I just had like fond memories you know because I uh when I was a little bit older was able to see uh the Indiana Jones trilogy and I always heard rumors of like an Indiana Jones 4 maybe and then it looked like it was finally happening and like I said I saw it like When midnight movies used to be a thing, uh, our high school rented the theater and we got to see it opening night. It was so cool. And uh, there was some highs and lows, you know, like with with every movie, you know. But yeah, I, I never really quite got the hate. Like I didn't love it as much as like the first three, but... Um, Mm -hmm. I always kind of wanted more Indiana Jones and I was kind of like, oh, I wonder what Mutt Williams, you know, will do in the future. Does Indy have any other children? Like, what will the future hold? And I'm just so glad that we uh, finally got an Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the way that Indiana Jones 4, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull ended, you know, it ended in a way that that could have been, you know, very well. Uh, a send-off for Indiana Jones, right? So, uh, Indy and Marion got married, you had Mutt there, uh, seemed like, you know, everything was kind of, you know, kind of come to a conclusion, but, you know, fast forward to the year 2023, and we're getting the fifth installment, uh, which is something I guess that's kind of been on and off of the books for quite a while, um, from the way I understand it, I guess, is this movie was actually supposed to have happened, you know, four or five years ago. Um, Steven Spielberg was uh, set to direct it, uh, but then uh, ended up wanting to do Ready Player One instead, and it got kind of pushed back and pushed back, and then, uh, you know, COVID happened, and then uh, now we're, you know, getting the Dial of Destiny that we got, you know, with James Mangold uh, directing. Um, He still had a lot of the same kind of players there. Uh, Spielberg and Lucas were on to uh, act as uh, executive producers. You had... um, Kathleen Kennedy and um, Frank Marshall. Uh, Frank Marshall, you know, there as the uh, as the ones that are actually producing the film. Uh, just you know, the same way that that's been uh, pretty much since the start of the franchise. And you have John Williams, of course, uh, doing the music and Harrison Ford back as Indiana Jones. So a lot of the same kind of pieces were there. Um, what I think has been kind of fun. They've done a really good job with. Uh, kind of the the press tour and press junket of this. There has been a lot of interviews and interview footage uh, with Harrison Ford, with um, James Mangold, and, uh, you know, talking about how this movie kind of came to be and the decisions that were made about it. And I think that that stuff has been uh, really interesting. Uh, have you been keeping up, like, on any of that stuff about the kind of behind-the-scenes production stuff or anything like that? Um, no. And sometimes, like, <laughs> fail. I I think I'm happier when I don't hear all the nitty gritty. Like, this has been canceled. This person's been replaced. This person it will will not be the director. Um. So sometimes, like, I feel like if I don't like know all the things, like, I'm not getting spoiled. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it was like a nice, pleasant surprise. Surprise. Um. And like. I think I I did kind of miss, like, Spielberg in the director's chair, but it was still a fun movie. 
and I thought the cast was great. Always good to see Harrison Ford, like, and honestly, I think he gave, like, a career best uh, um, performance. Like, he didn't phone it in, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, loved Fleabag, so I thought she was great, and John Williams, man, like, he has done so many distinctive scores, but did you keep up with all the all the things? Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't like keeping up on it uh, so much. I have watched a little bit of it kind of in the in the near <laughs> near time to release and then the just after. Um, and sometimes I I like you, I don't like to, to read a lot of things. I don't like to be spoiled. I don't like to get into uh, too much of the behind the scenes uh, stuff just because that's not really my jam. But I knew that there were going to be some, you know, questions being thrown around and, and stuff like that. And I wanted to kind of see how that stuff was being addressed, you know, specifically, you know, James Mangold. It's, um, he's been very kind of open about uh, how much like communication that he'd had with uh, Steven Spielberg and making the film and uh, kind of some of the creative choices that he made, you know, in light of those conversations and, uh, you know, finding out that George Lucas, you know, had ultimately, you know, gone over the script and things like that, I think has been um, really kind of interesting to to hear about, you know, their level of involvement and, in, you know, something like this that's, you know, as beloved and as a big part of, you know, their careers as well. Um, now, I've heard a lot of people say kind of what you say, that they, they missed a little bit of that, you know, Spielberg uh, flair, as it were. Um, and I don't really see that myself um especially in the first kind of uh, i don't know 20ish minutes there uh the de-aged indiana jones uh portion there where we're back you know in world war ii time uh which would have been you know kind of right on the the tail end of the the first couple of uh, nazi adventures that indiana jones was going on that to me felt really really steven spielberg -y, uh before it got kind of turned over into a james mangold film uh when we fast forwarded uh, to new york city so i i feel like he did a really good job of kind of capturing the essence of Steven Spielberg before ultimately, you know, making it his own because, you know, when the movie ends, it's going to say it's, you know, uh, directed by James Mangold. So uh, you have to put your own kind of stamp on it in True. some stance. But but uh, that's kind of that's kind of what I took away in terms of the directing. And then um, obviously you get the benefits then of, you know, you obviously you have uh, Harrison Ford, who is 81 years old. But uh, the action sequences then that he directed, which are, you know, mostly driven, you know, by literally driven you know automobiles and and horses and uh things like that which is really in uh, mangold's wheelhouse uh which really looked gorgeous and really kind of allowed indiana jones to still be this action stunt spectacular character without necessarily relying so much on his physicality because you know harrison ford looks pretty good at 81 but still 81 yeah obviously i don't know like i i did mention like i i'd seen all the James Bond films this year so I think like I I'm okay with like some like changes being made over the course of like um uh, a certain series you know but I think like my conclusion is like I just would have preferred more Indiana Jones films you know like some right. people are like just leave it at three I'm like no I want 47 of these you know <laughs> um like I don't know like it would have been it would have been cool. I mean, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, but it would have been interesting, like in an alternate universe, like what if, you know, like uh, it became kind of like a James Bond gig, you know, like where mm -hmm. uh, certain actors like play it like for three movies or or so. And like you have different directors, they play with genre, you know, like. It's just a, it's a cool thought exercise I had. Yeah, it is, it is, and it's such, such a neat character, and it's, you know, kind of in this really neat place, you know, you and I talk about it a lot in our uh, KOTOR adaptation about how much we like kind of this archaeological, like, historical, you know, stuff, right? Like, we like the imprint that uh, Indiana Jones has, um, you know, in films and things, so obviously, yeah, it would have been uh, pretty exciting to get you know, more of this character or more characters uh, like this in our in our cinema, you know, throughout our whole lives and obviously uh, kind of going forward. Um, recasting Indiana Jones, uh, that could be that could be OK. Harrison Ford might punch you if you said you were coming in to play Indiana Jones now um, instead of him. Uh, he seems real protective of him. Uh, I think okay. that's that's probably OK. Um, 
but I don't, I don't know. This felt to me like uh, a very good send off, and it kind of fulfills the uh, the original promise of Indiana Jones. I guess you know, kind of originally when you know they uh, were making the pitch to Paramount, Paramount signed off on five of these films. So I guess that uh, five was the the number they eventually got to. Whether you know Indiana Jones or some sort of uh, carrying on, you know, goes forward, and you know the essence of Indiana Jones, uh, whether you know he's the uh, main character or not. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a good send-off. Um, I think it's just, like, interesting how, like, Spielberg did for, and then, like, for the last one, it's someone else. But they did, uh, James Mangold did do a good job. But um, I'm going to quote, guess guess who I'm going to quote? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna assume his name starts with uh, Joseph. Is, is that close? Is that close? Yeah, Joseph Campbell, so... Something, like, I, I keep in mind, like, for, for many things, but I think, like, many, like, fans of, like, film franchises, like, and I, I'm, in, I'm including myself, um, we must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Like, sometimes I get, like, really focused and really in-depth when I think about Star Wars, and I think, like, Oh, if there's a Kotor adaptation, this, this, this has to happen. It has to be like that, you know? But, like, mm -hmm. sometimes, like, um, like, we're in an age where, like, nostalgia is played with and deconstructed, you know? And, like, heroes are, um, we like our heroes to be more human and, like, examine those flaws and... Most fans, I think, are not okay with that, but, like, because I kind of have that hero's journey love, you know, and kind of if mm -hmm. you look at the whole hero's journey, like, the last few steps, it's, like, it's usually, like, a tragic demise, you know? <laughs> so, right, if anything, yeah, yeah. I should be happy that, like, Indiana Jones 5 ended as well as it did. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, you know, kind of the the tail end of the the hero's journey, right? Is some sort of like death and resurrection, but a lot of times that resurrection is in the form of you know, <laughs> you died and now your memory <laughs> carries on, basically, right? Is kind of the kind of the way yeah. that that works a lot of times. So I don't know. I think it's interesting to kind of look at these characters, you know, that are so beloved in this way, um, and in a lot of ways. And this just came to me while you were reading that Joseph Campbell uh, quote. This film reminds me a lot of last year's. Um, Top Gun film, um, in terms of you know kind of analyzing the the flaws and the the agedness of you know these characters, um, you know that are so beloved that we had grown up with that are now you know older and we're older and able to look at them you know kind of through through that lens of of time and you know through the characters' failures and through our own you know quote unquote failures or regrets and things like that and I think that that is a really interesting way to to deconstruct it and obviously um, Angle who directed uh, Logan uh, Oscar nomination there I think on the screenplay uh, that he wrote for that one um, same kind of same kind of story there for uh, that character so I think that that's interesting um, some of the some of the stuff I've been hearing about is a lot of people are saying that you know this isn't you know Indiana Jones is is lighthearted and uh, kind of silly and uh, you know kind of this crazy adventure um, which is kind of the exact opposite of what people complained about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and and that it was campy and uh fun and you know kind of Fans? kind of wacky and too outrageous so just like to complain so <laughs> <laughs> that's right I just want it to be the exact same uh but different um and exactly how I want it so I don't I don't know I don't know it's been um it's been interesting I guess to kind of see see the feedback on this um you know it's only been a couple of days since I saw it but but I really really enjoyed it um Cassie let's we don't have to go through the whole story here, but um, let's just hit on a couple of the of the beats, kind of the kind of the more um, kind of important, not necessarily important, but kind of the, the bigger parts of the story that we knew we were going to get. So uh, kind of up front, you get this uh, World War Two uh, section and we're getting the de-aged uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, De-aging is something that's been going on now, right? We had a. Uh, uh, yeah. You had de-aged. Uh, what was it? Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, what was it? Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Marvel or her? Or uh, or uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, I believe. Yeah, yeah Captain Marvel. Uh, you had uh, uh, some de-aging in the uh, Irishman uh, there uh, in that film. Um, you obviously had uh, Luke Skywalker. So, you know, people who are listening to this podcast are probably the most familiar with that one. But what did you think kind of about this this first section? Did it, um, did it capture the essence of, 
you know, Indiana Jones just uh, got the the cup of Christ, walked out of there, uh, ran, rode off into the sunsets, and then you know carried on to to find these uh, Nazis and uh, try to rescue this uh, treasure from them. Uh, how did did you feel that that played okay? Did you like the way that it looked? Did you think that the de aging was okay, or what were your thoughts on that? I guess. Um, I like that they got someone to look and sound like Harrison Ford. Um, cause in like CGI's, CGI in these like couple scenes, I was like, I think they gave a better performance than, you know, a certain person in a certain movie, uh, <laughs> playing Harrison Ford did. Um, but wow. yeah, like, uh, shade. Shade. Hot take, hot take. Hot take. The surface of the sun take. But yeah, um, I, I went there. But um, I think that it's not perfect, but I think it's probably the best de-aging I saw. And it's a movie, so I don't need it to be perfect. I think some critics, like, just took out this movie because they hated that so much but mm -hmm. i'm like that's kind of what hollywood is about you know um you know like nostalgia right. and looking young you know and <laughs> i thought they did a great job and <laughs> looking yeah. young that's why that's a that's a, what all of our uh, goals and ambitions are i think really all of us you know we we are all there so okay i'm done committing sun crimes i guess so wow. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah i didn't i didn't think that it uh was bad i thought that it i thought that it looked really pretty good actually um you know it benefits from the fact that the action is uh pretty much moving you get kind of that see i guess the the scene he's kind of he's kind of tied up there at the beginning and that's really kind of the most still that he's uh sitting uh there in that section so i think i think that it actually it works pretty good um obviously you know we're uh you know people that have grown up with indiana jones for a super long time obviously we're we're old and jaded and we know that that's not really harrison ford we know that that is some sort of actor and they're uh putting a young harrison ford's face onto him so what are we going to do as uh old jaded audience members we're going to look at it as hard as we can on every frame to see if we can see where it breaks where <laughs> where it messes yeah. up where it doesn't look quite right uh but kids in the audience that are 12, that's not what they're doing. They're like, oh, man, this guy's awesome. He's on top of a train, and that dude just got, like, jacked in the face by that thing that was next to it, right? That's what that's what they're doing, and that's what we should be doing um, as yeah. audience members. And that's, you know, what kind of the, the heart of this is. And I, I thought that it played fine. I think that it, it made a lot of sense. I think that it kind of... Well, it didn't really wrap up because obviously, you know, our kind of villain here is uh, still going on, carrying on the uh, Nazi ways. But, you know, it kind of kind of was a good, you know, kind of bookier, I guess, on Indiana Jones uh, time fighting the Nazis. And I thought that that was really, really pretty good. So um, that was that was nice. Um, and then we had a couple of other sections of the movie. Let's talk about those a little bit, Cassia. So uh, we kind of go to uh, New York City and then we go to Morocco. Uh, we go under the sea, uh, and then we go uh, to Sicily, down into a cavern, or I guess up into a cavern. They're kind of climbing up into it. So uh, kind of of these next places that we're flying on the plane and taking trains and uh, automobiles to, uh, which of these sections did you did you like or worked best or didn't like? Or uh, I don't know, just kind of general thoughts about the travels and adventures of Indiana Jones. Um... I I kind of enjoyed everything, like, but this is just a complaint I have about every film, basically. It's like, if it's longer than two hours, it's too long. You know, that's just kind true. of the age of filmmaking we're in. Very true. I don't know yeah. how you would shorten it, but I'm like, if I had to, like, in a script rewrite, like, maybe one of the chase scenes could go. But that's kind of the formula for Indiana mm -hmm. Jones is like character development action scene, character development action scene, you know. Right. Um, but I thought that Helena was a great character. And I think that, you know, like certain people make money complaining about things on YouTube for some reason, you know. Um, <laughs> Gasp. And they, and they didn't like her, you know. Um, but I really didn't 
get that after I watched it because she's a, a flawed character who's still likable, but she's learning. She's kind of like how Indiana Jones was, you know, in 1935, like who was just about fortune and glory in Temple of Doom. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is so hilarious. They have a British person saying she's self-made and like she like stole it from this person who stole it from this person and it's capitalism and it's like the british basically stole everything in the world at some point you know like <laughs> i just thought it was so hilarious um That's and right. it's kind of like helena's high on her own drama and like she's like oh uh, I'm self-made, kind of had a rich fiancé at one point, but, like, uh, you do see her, like, she does have a softer side, like, she cares about Teddy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and she improves, and she kind of is like, you know what, this isn't about me in this moment. It's about Indy, and Marion needs him, and Indy needs Marion. Uh, so I think she helps him, you know, because Indy is like the character indy isn't he like 70 ish at this point uh yeah probably that would that would make sense i think kind of in that uh, timeline so realistically a 70 year old person can't do all of the things you know in an action movie so they kind of need someone young around them and like she's kind of like a young dark reflection of like what indy is but i think she mm -hmm. has potential to be you know, a great hero. Yeah, exactly. I liked, um, I liked the character of Helena uh, quite a bit, actually. I like that, you know, she wasn't just, just coming in as like this, you know, almost like buddy figure to, to Indy, right? They, they kind of butted heads a little bit. Uh, you didn't know, uh, whether you could, well, obviously you, <laughs> you felt straight off the bat that you couldn't trust her, that she was up to no good. And I kind of, I kind of liked that. And then as their relationship, you know, kind of, you know, warmed as you went through, uh, through the story here, I really liked kind of the way that they played off of each other, Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, you know, where she's uh, kind of, you know, she she's very quippy. And if, if you've seen Fleabag, she is a lot like her character um, in that uh, show there as well. But I thought that it played really well uh, with kind of this uh, gruffiness and more grumpiness of, you know, this older uh, Indiana Jones. And I liked that uh, quite a bit. Um, and then I really liked kind of the end too, obviously, um, you um, made mention of it there, Cassia, that, you know, she ultimately is going to return Indiana Jones back home to, to Marion so he can go on uh, living his life. She sees the value um, in Indiana Jones uh, being there, not, you know, uh, staying uh, in the past and, you know, fading away into the sunset. She sees the benefits of having him there. And, uh, you know, quite literally, um, if you look at uh, Indiana Jones's uh, hat there at the uh, fedora as kind of kind of the the crown of this king of Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, Helena had the opportunity to kind of take that you know quote unquote and you know take take the crown for herself, but you know ultimately just takes it and leaves it there for uh, Indy to reclaim at you know kind of that closing shot of the film. Uh, spoiler warning. So I think that um, the way that the character. Uh, comes into the world and the way that uh, she was written and ultimately plays off of Indiana Jones was really good. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, and then through the film, this this thing is expensive, Cassia. Uh, if we mm -hmm. had, we need this kind of budget uh, for the stuff we're doing doing here. You know, two hundred fifty, three hundred million dollars are the estimates. You're not going to make your budget back. You know, <laughs> you're you're not you're not you're not going to right. Um, I even James Cameron. Uh, that's roughly the budget for. Uh, you know, Avatar 2 was that high, and he's like, it's got to make like $2 billion for me to get it back. Um, obviously, you have Harrison Ford, who's making, you know, 20 ish million of that budget. Uh, I don't know where a lot of the rest of that's going. I know that uh, Disney Lucasfilm had to pay some uh, out to Paramount to get the rights to uh, make the film uh, in the first place. I don't know how much that is or how exactly all that works. I don't pretend to be some sort of industry uh, insider there, but it was expensive. Uh, but I guess 
the pro side of that is you get some uh, really stunning shots. So a couple of the ones that I really liked, I really liked the parade sequence uh, where India's uh, horseback, you have all the streamers and the parade floats going on. There's like 15,000 extras, it looks like. I don't know how much of that was real. I don't know how much of it was fake, but I thought that it all looked amazing. Um, I liked the underwater stuff. I thought that the eels looked really cool and kind of the shipwreck section there. Again, I don't know. Uh, well, obviously the eels weren't real, but I don't know how much of that shipwreck was, was real. Were they really underwater doing that? Was that CGI? I don't know, but I thought that it Probably. looked really cool. Yeah. I feel bad for like, you know, uh, Kristen Allen, uh, Kate Capshaw and Allison Duty, who had to like deal with real live creatures like rats and <laughs> bugs and snakes and then like it's like Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like oh I had to deal with CGI you know like <laughs> if I were them I would be like um what <laughs> she didn't have to do anything weird like it'd be funny right yeah throw some real bugs out I, I keep forgetting yeah there is a section there uh, with the bugs as they're going down into the uh the cavern maybe they there. were real uh, I don't know yeah, maybe they were real. Maybe they used real ones and then they uh, CGI'd over them. Uh, I don't think that's probably the case, but uh, I don't know. That section was pretty fun. The Sicily Cavern, I liked kind of the, the more puzzly aspects of it. I thought that that was uh, pretty fun and pretty well done. And then um, obviously through this whole thing, you're being chased and pursued by uh, your uh, villain here. Uh, Dr. Voller is played by Mads Mikkelsen. Um, you know, some more uh, Star Wars to Indiana Jones crossover. Mads Mikkelsen has basically been in all of the... All of the franchises, really. All the big franchises, right? He's done, he's done Marvel. He's done Indiana Jones. He's done Star Wars. He's done Bond. He's he's done them all. Uh, I don't know what else he's he's going to do, but he's excellent, Um, and I really liked him um, in this role. And then obviously he's going to propel us to you know kind of the the pinnacle of Dial of Destiny. What we're trying to do this whole time, and that's go back in time. Uh, So Cassio, we get some you know kind of supernatural stuff really in all of the J. all of the Indiana Jones uh, films, right? Uh, what do you think about time travel? Does that fit in? Is that a bridge too far? What do you think? I think when a, whenever anything's new, you're like, it's a bridge too far. But then, like, I thought about it, like, you know, like, the the first few ones, like, you, you dealt with Yahweh, um, and then you kind of deal dealt with, like, um... You know, probably like an exaggerated version of, uh, you know, uh, Hinduism, and then you dealt with uh, the Holy Grail, and then aliens, and then it kind of makes sense for time travel. And I, I am so glad that they didn't do the thing where it's like, and then we went back in time, and I saw all of my adventures in the past. <laughs> you know, like yeah. with the rolling, with the rolling ball, and like Temple of Doom. You know, and like riding off into the sunset. And it's like it gave me the strength to carry on. Like I would have like <laughs> thrown food at the screen <laughs> if that happened, but it didn't. That's right. Yeah. If uh, if this movie would have come out in the '90s, we would have had a montage of all of uh, Indiana Jones uh, escapades. Uh, that would have been good. See, that's a, see, that's a movie thing that I'm glad uh, we don't have. I don't know if I would trade the three-hour runtime for films for it. Uh, I don't know for sure, but um, yeah, no, I thought that it was. I thought that it was totally fine. Um, it. It, it's wacky and uh, a bit nonsensical, but I still think that it's fun. I think that the, you know, they fly into like the war going on. I thought that that looked really great. Um, I thought that that was pretty cool. It was fun to see all of that stuff, you know, on the giant uh, IMAX screen, right? In this uh, siege of uh, Syracuse that's going on. I thought that that was cool. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Then you have to look at each of the films and say that <laughs> all of that stuff was ridiculous, right? None of it is any more or less than, than the other. So uh, that's where I stand on that. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's that's kind of the the story. I have a, a question I want to want to ask you. But was there any other kind of thoughts that you had about the film or anything you wanted to to talk about or think it's important that uh, you and I discuss? We haven't really talked about this film at all since uh, since it came out. So. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil it. Like I was so like scared. Like what if I accidentally spoiled that for Brian? You know? Because um, yeah. like to me, stories are sacred, and like spoiling them is like an excommunication <laughs> offense, you know, for me. That's, so That's the bridge too far right there. Yeah. Spoiling stuff. Yeah. I just kind of wrote some stuff down on, uh, if you can hear me flicking through paper, that's, that's why, uh, I'm very, very old fashioned, but, um, I'll just go through this. Uh, I'll try to kind of say it in 
the best order, but Lucasfilm should make an ancient Roman film. Like, they did a good job with the Syracuse section, I have to say. Yeah, that's right. Maybe uh, maybe that uh, city of Syracuse is going to look like uh, the unknown worlds and uh, the unknown regions uh, in our KOTOR movie, maybe. Maybe. Uh, they can be like, where do you want to go on vacation? How about Italy? Okay, that's that's good. Because uh, <laughs> that's, that's good. what we already decided. But um, I also thought it was funny. Like, So I take it like, I'm guessing, uh, you know, at the end of Indiana Jones 4, uh, Henry Jones was made the dean of Marshall College. But I'm guessing like due to marriage, you know, it's like, uh, Marion and her family are kind of in New York, so let's maybe move there, you know? Mm, mm. Um, life happens, you know? And, like, he's <laughs> teaching his students, and, like, uh, you know, like, in the first Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, his students are, like, in love with him, and this one is, like, we just landed on the moon. I want to go to a parade. Like, I literally do not care. Like, I thought it was kind of funny <laughs> and meta that, like, uh, right. Indiana Jones has to be, like, fine, I will spoon-feed this to you you know yeah. like uh because people are like ooh, i don't want to be spoon-fed exposition but like that's kind of what we got <laughs> uh yeah. yeah exactly i did i did really like that yeah that is uh his students were like falling asleep couldn't care less and then yeah in the first one you got like the the girl there that has like the i love you or whatever written on her eye eyelids and then in the last crusade you have the students that are all like so confused and perplexed about his lessons they're like beating down the door to get into his uh, office for office hours and then uh you know you get to this one and they're just so completely over it right you know we've we've been to the moon now we're in the uh, vietnam war now who cares about this uh, old stuff anymore so yeah and um the bad guy dies in the past um and helena's father mm. kind of like um, who was a good guy, but, like, I think, like, they're just kind of show you, like, don't focus, like, on the future, like, Helena's father, you know, and, like, don't, first of all, don't be a Nazi, you know, and try to bring the Nazis <laughs> yes. back. Um, like, don't live in the past or the future, like, you you need to be in the present, like, Indy, Indy is kind of like, I love history, like, I'd love to just give up and die here and Helena's like um punch you in the face you're back you know like y you belong here you know and I was nervous at the beginning of the movie I was like where's where's Marion uh mm -hmm. but then when Indy was kind of looking at the it looked like a divorce proceeding was happening you know mm -hmm. but then when yep. I heard like the Marion theme I'm like they're gonna get back together at the end like they wouldn't John Williams would not add that just to, like, you know, be like, here's a divorce proceeding, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna get back together at the end and he's gonna move that magnet, you know, which he did, you know, like, so she couldn't see it. Uh, and I, like, that Joseph Campbell quote, you know, like, I think that Indy w was kind of planning that he was going to uh, have time with, with his son to, like, kind of have that legacy, you know, like, mm -hmm. a, a son. And because that's what he and his father got, you know. Um, they were able to make up before one of them passed away, you know. And Indy fought in two world wars. But sometimes, like, things don't go the way you want to. And... Mutt probably did everything right, you know, but he just unfortunately passed away in war, you know, and that's a sacrifice that, uh, you know, like, happens to many sol soldiers, you know, and um, mm -hmm. Indy and Marion probably planned on, like, growing old and seeing what Mutt did with his future, and, like, it probably broke them, but it's not the it's not the life they had planned, but they're still together. And, um, I think like they have some adventures still in them, you know, and they have the life that is waiting for them. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I really liked, um, you know, kind of the final piece there when, uh, Marion comes back into, uh, Indiana Jones's, uh, life there at the, at the very end. Um, and I, 
thought that it was a a really nice um kind of kind of quote unquote conclusion to their to their story right um and obviously you have karen allen comes in and uh she's so expressive with her eyes you know she can just give him that look and you know you just see kind of all of the the years of love and pain and hardships and joys and stuff that they've they've experienced together there you know kind of at the at the very end and then they have kind of this uh final moment of of healing which obviously is a, a callback there to raiders of the lost ark you know is you know where where doesn't it hurt you know but it's uh very much more uh metaphorical this time and right mature, because they've you know they've been you know they've been through all of these things together so i i really liked um the the way they handled uh marion's portrayal in this that was that was something coming out of the movie i wasn't 100 percent sure um how i felt about because you know obviously everyone loves uh marion everyone loves uh, karen allen so i was like did she need to be in the film more but no i think i think what we got of her uh was kind of perfect um in terms of that relationship dynamic and uh, you know the legacy bit of it as you know you were just talking about with uh mutt and you know what does what does that mean for you know the legacy of indiana jones right who is he now you know at the end of his life so yeah that's one thing i didn't quite get about like criticism of this film they're like indy's sad and like an alcoholic and getting divorced but i'm like at the end he kind of got better like he was sad because he literally lost his son you know mm. and he tried to handle it like he didn't handle it well but like at the end i didn't see him as a defeated sad alcoholic who is getting divorced with marion like i saw it as someone like he grabs his hat you know he's back with marion uh he grabs his hat like in a way he he is sad but he's moving forward you know he he's living and being present so i i right. loved it you know like yeah yeah it, yeah exactly because it's it's kind of yeah it's an examination right of uh of indiana jones and at, at the end he doesn't know if that's worth anything but then obviously you know kind of taking taking the hat you know indiana jones is still uh worth being and i i thought that that was really great and i think that they handled um you know kind of you know kind of the the age obviously of of harrison ford of indiana jones in the story uh really well if you look at kingdom of crystal skull you know indiana jones was was older even then too right harrison ford would have been what like 64 i think when that that came out something like that so i mean he was he was a uh, you know still an old man even even at that point um you know obviously much younger than he is now but still old and that was kind of a a theme of of that but it was more of you know kind of this comedic bit right and calling him old and he was too old to do all of these things um i think mangled here in this you know covered it with the with a much more <laughs> deft hand right to to handle um you know what it what it means to to grow old is you know kind of this this icon and you know how can how can that carry on and the legacy you leave and stuff like that i thought that uh that was really well done i liked it a lot yeah maybe the series can continue uh with the cartoon or comics or books uh i guess we'll see but um i had a postscript p.s audiences <laughs> wow nazis hoarding the spoils of war especially artifacts that don't belong to them is bad museums around the world looking around Shh. <laughs> yeah that's right exactly exactly yeah you don't want the you got to get the treasure back to to the museums of the world who got it through their own uh, nefarious means uh yeah for sure uh which is which is uh pretty funny and <laughs> you know kind of a, a story for for another day but yeah definitely definitely the case there um you uh you just actually uh piqued my interest you said an animated thing what i think would be really cool and really fun for indiana jones are like little like shorts like we had the were they like galaxy of adventure or something like the little star wars shorts those would be perfect like, like cereals yeah that would be perfect for indiana jones little you know these little like bite-sized adventures that are you know kind of these little uh, little short things i think that that would be be cool um obviously then um i guess you could carry on you could have adventures with uh helena you could have i guess adventures with uh teddy possibly i didn't really get the vibe that that was what they were going for uh which when people complain about uh phoebe waller bridge that was uh, one of the things that most of them complained about from the time that they announced that they had uh cast her but i think in her giving that hat back i think that that 
pretty much close the door on that, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. It's hard to say. Hard to say because... Um, oh, we'll see. We'll see uh, how much money it ends up making back on this uh, $300 million. That's going to go a long way in determining how much more uh, Indiana Jones uh, content we get. Um, and that brings me to then what I wanted to um, kind of wrap up uh, here today. Cassia, you brought this up to me right before we hit record. Um, and that you were saying in a lot of ways you wish that uh, Lucasfilm would have started with Indiana Jones instead of Star Wars uh, after the acquisition. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? We can just kind yeah. of give our, give our thoughts I mean, or opinions or whatever on that. So. Yeah, like, I, I just think, like, maybe Star Wars deserved more time and not just to be rushed, you know? Like, maybe for more of a story to organically happen, not just, like, Kind of going like, oh, gotta get one. Okay, we got two, three. Okay, you know, like, I think like, even though I was sitting down, I ran way too hard. Um, but like, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall, like, I'm pretty sure like their first major shindig in this movie industry thing was Indiana Jones. Like, I think it's more of their comfort zone, honestly, you know? Um, and you don't really have to be as, like, mythic or metaphysical. It's just a fun action movie, you know? And mm -hmm. if anything, like, I wanted more Indiana Jones films, you know? Not just some people are like, oh, there's only three. And I'm like, I wanted 17 of these babies. So, yeah. yeah. What did you think? Would you want more? Do you think they should have started with them or what? Um, I think I think it's interesting, and I think that you know hindsight is um, you know twenty twenty, right? Obviously, as the as the saying goes. But um, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I think um, in the in Raiders, I think Kathleen Kennedy, I think was um, I think she was like the uh, supervising assistant to uh, Spielberg, and then you know went on to produce the rest of the films uh, with Frank Marshall. Yeah, so I think that this is kind of a, a world that they're you know comfortable in. Uh, you have to think about what a producer does, right? Um, if you don't if you don't like a movie uh because the acting is bad or the writing is bad or uh you know the editing is bad well that's that's not what the producer does the producer gets the movie made right all the all the other people the directors and screenwriters and actors are the ones doing the other things so uh gotta remember that out there people people of the world um Yes, I, looking back, it would have been great to have had Indiana Jones first. Harrison Ford would have been, let's see, the acquisition was, what, 2012? So he would have been 11 years younger. That would have opened the doors for a lot of different uh, kind of possibilities for what Indiana Jones was capable of doing, I guess, uh, in a physical sense. So that's good. Uh, we have to remember, 2012 was only four years after uh, Crystal Skull, uh, which people really, really didn't like. Um you know, uh, now people yeah. are, are coming around on it. Um, people are liking it better now because now there's a new one for them to complain about. Uh, same yeah. with uh, Rise of Skywalker. As soon as we get the next Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker suddenly will uh, be, oh, it wasn't as bad as I remember. Now I can move on to, oh, to hating this next one. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so I, I think that, that there's a bit of that. Um, but really, the big reason that you didn't have that, you know, Disney didn't pay $4 billion for Lucasfilm for Indiana Jones. They, yeah, they, they got Indiana Jones. They're like, they're like, we'll throw in Indiana Jones and that other stuff if you buy Star Wars. Uh, was how that was, and they needed to get that money back. Um, and that's that's what they did. They definitely got their money back. Uh, so uh, that that was part of it. But yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight, it would have been it would have been awesome because we could have gotten you know another one then, maybe another one now. At least would have gotten you know maybe one more Indiana Jones film out of the out of the wash had they you know went straight into it. So. Uh, that's that's my my opinion. It would have been fun in a hypothetical world that was never going to happen. Why do you have to use logic all the time and make <laughs> oh, me yeah. look maybe. stupid? No, just kidding. <laughs> can, I should get a dial can... of destiny. <laughs> that's so. what I was going to say. We need a dial of destiny. We can go back in time. We can say, uh, <laughs> here, while you're working on Star Wars, let's just do a quick Indiana Jones film. Uh, it'll be fine. People will forget about the refrigerator and the swinging uh, with the monkeys through the <laughs> on the vines, people will forget about all that stuff. Let's just get one out uh, asap. It would have been would have been great. That's what they should put us in charge of stuff. I think. Why not? You know, like 
Like, you get to be in charge of KOTOR. We're never going to do anything with it, but you can be in charge of it, you know? Like, that's right. That's right. Where are Brian and Cassia? They're in the uh, KOTOR closet down the down the hall. Don't bother they them. They think they have power. They actually <laughs> don't, but it would be funny. But That's right. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, that was uh, Dial of Destiny. Uh, we talked to... We, we didn't get into too much of the movie, but I think it was fun to to talk about it and kind of share our thoughts and opinions and uh, things like that. Did you have any uh, closing thoughts about the movie or just about Indiana Jones uh, in general or anything we uh, missed when we were talking about the uh, uh, Indiana Jones 1 through 4 that's coming uh, everyone's way? Uh, maybe today. I don't know. It depends on when we get this put out, but it'll be on the uh, podcast feed. So, I guess... What I would say, maybe Indiana Jones would say it too, is just study history, you know? It's it's there to learn from. Uh, hopefully we don't repeat the mistakes of the past and we can create a better future. That's right. Absolutely. That is a, that is a really great point. It's something I was thinking of today is that even if this movie uh, ends up losing a ton of money, even if... Uh, you know, people get on their YouTube channel and talk about how how terrible it was and uh, how awful it was and how everything is destroyed now and childhoods are ruined, uh, which is nonsense. Uh, you know how many people are going to go home and type into Google Archimedes and learn about this guy, and that's awesome. So there All you go. Of them. <laughs> Yep. So that's that is that. So thank you so much, uh, Patreon patrons. We definitely appreciate your support. Uh, it helps us do fun stuff like talk about Dial of Destiny uh, for a little bit, and you know, get uh, get stuff off the ground, the audio drama and stuff like that. Hopefully, we'll be having some more rough cuts of that coming your way. Probably. Uh, I don't think we ever put part two rough cut up on there. We'll have to get that onto the Patreon uh, feed here as we're waiting for kind of the final couple of pieces of music to come through for that and we'll get that out here uh shortly to the rest of the world but we'll make sure to get the rough cuts and stuff uh, out to you guys first so that way you can hear it and uh thank you again for all of your support it is pretty awesome all right and may the archimedes dial of destiny be with you Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Older Public Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Older Public Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>